You gotta see that naked unicorn over there. Ow, I'm so naked. Tank fly, boss walk, jam, nitty gritty. You're listening to the boy from the big bad city, and this is Jam Hot. Welcome to the Naked Unicorn Podcast, hosted by Jason Sorotin. Hello and welcome to the Naked Unicorn Podcast. I'm Jason Sorotin. I'm here today with a partner at ECG Productions, Trey Gregory, and animator, DP extraordinaire, Brandon Peterson. How are you guys? Hey, good. How are you? What's going on, Jay? I'm good. I'm good. So today I wanted to get you guys because I wanted to talk about video animation and the evolving world and business of that subject. And you guys are experts on that subject of animation. Um, So let's talk video animation. So client demand seems to be up on animation for us here in Atlanta. Why Why do you guys think that is? I think that animation is an easier way to get messaging across. A lot of times with production, you're limited to what you can show, to real-world things, especially with realistic budgets. Like with animation, the sky is really the limit, and your ideas aren't as limited as they are if you were, say, going to try to shoot something in a real location. Right. Sometimes it's just a better way to get information across. Like say they need – they're talking about a particular – Subject that's hard to convey with just like shooting B-roll, throw up an infographic, some animation, and gets the information across better. Yeah, it's good. You can have a more dense content distribution. Like your content can come to people in a more dense format if there's animation because you have full control over everything that's on the screen. And in addition to what's on the screen, you have the audio and it. you just have more control. And I think people find that appealing. Well, with... Video animation, there's there's a trend towards um, infographic style animation, which is relatively less expensive than more complex like 3D animations. But what we're seeing in clients, I think, is that they are looking for ways to avoid having to pay people and pay residuals on stuff. Do you, do you guys agree with that? What do you mean by pay residuals? You know, for talent, like for the thing we were doing for AT&T. Right. Oh, you mean as opposed to use? Okay. All right. All right. As opposed yeah. to using like SAG actors or something, I think there's a switch in like people are getting more and more, um, you know, cheap. <laughs> I think yeah. it's never evolving. I think people used to look at animation as something as, oh well, this animation project is going to be really expensive. We can't do it. To now, oh, it would be more expensive to use a human being. Well, the barriers for entry are a lot lower now. I mean, it's easy for students to get a copy of some of the best animation programs you can get out there. So sort of everyone can do it now. Whereas before, it was much, much harder to get them. Even a student license was pretty expensive. So now you can go out and you can lease the software for like 15, 20 bucks a month and, you know, teach yourself. There's okay. videos online that allow any and everyone to learn how to do this sort of stuff. You got to stick at it to get good at it. But, I mean, to, to get your foot in the door... Is a lot easier now. That's true. I think it's also, I don't know, it, it depends on what it is because it can be more expensive too. Sometimes clients think they might be taking the easy way out by doing an, an animation instead of going out and shooting stuff practically with the crew and everything. But if you look at the cost per you know, minute to produce something, it's, it's a lot more, usually more man hours to create a minute worth of animation than it is to do, say, a minute interview. Um, it but all you, depends you, on you gotta you gotta decide based on your message. I think your content, whatever you're shooting, but, you know? but yeah, but you don't have to you don't have to pay for the shoot. 
right? And so if you're talking about infographics where you're using iconography, you know, and, and stuff like that, you don't have to go out and pay for the shoot. True. And with, with flat design being so hot right now, like it is, you can, you can get some nice looking animation for less expensive, I'd say, because it's simpler. You're not trying to like do everything in 3D with reflections and global illumination and stuff like that. Like simple is better these days. And so, yeah, it's true. You can get good results. Well, let's talk about flat design. So there is a growing trend towards flat design. For people who don't know what it is, what is it? Getting away from gradients, um, drop shadows, just the sim- the simplest elements of design, which are color, shape, uh, you know, patterns, and it's it breaks it down to like the most simplest form, and like just using color to achieve contra- contrast instead of using shadows. Well, I'm gonna look up what what the the real definition of flat design yeah, is just to I be wouldn't short. say that like drop oh, shadows I think that was verbatim. Drop, drop shadows and <laughs> drop shadows and vignettes don't make design flat. Okay, well here yeah, see I disagree with Trey. But they that. don't. Think, like you can put a drop sh- like flat design can have a, a it's, little it's bit. you're using two dimensional elements depends. in you a two dimensional space. You have to be careful if you use too much you're getting into skeuomorphism which is so 90s and you got to you know you, you want to stay at it. Skeuomorphism? Look, yeah, skeuomorphism was not 90s. It's like early 2000s at best. I mean, that yeah. was in all the first iPhones. Like skeuomorphism was really popular. Yeah. I've and never even heard the term skeuomorphism. It's when you try I'm, to make a graphic look like a real thing. Like a, oh, like okay. a Safari icon's a good example. It's supposed to look like a compass. Okay. So or, let, let me tell you what Wikipedia says flat UI design is, right? Flat user interface design is a minimalist UI design genre or design language currently used in various graphical user interface. Well, now that's specifically you're talking about user interfaces. Oh, okay. So you- this would be this isn't necessarily about a user interface. Now the flat user interface. I mean the new OS on iPhone is a perfect example. Right, which it's you don't super, have. Super super flat. And it also I don't have a new iPhone, but I have the new <laughs> OS. It also there's I think LG made a great video about this. Uh, and it's and it's not just like using colors to achieve contrast, but it's like trying to use mature colors, not just your primary colors. Like a lot of flat design artists, they will not use red, green, blue in the primary sense. It's a more mature color. It's like it's shifted. It's not this. I don't know. It's hard to explain. I you know guess. what's so funny is is now I have a uh, definition. It says to understand flat design, you have to understand the thing it's revolting against: skeuomorphism. Oh, there we go. There you go. You got yeah, it. So, I mean, skeuomorphism is all about trying to achieve something that, to look like its real-world counterpart. And that, achieve, that that means, like, using shadows and lighting effects to try to make it achieve that. And so if you take out all of that, you're left with light and color. Well, well, not light, but the color and shapes. Right, right gotcha. Yeah. So, so what programs are, are people using now for video animation? I mean, the, the main one is After Effects. Uh, in terms of, especially with integrating with video. And then, you know, if you want to do something in 3D, it's a lot of Cinema Cinema 4D or Maya or 3D Studio Max. People Those use are, Blender, too, which is free. What's yeah. Blender? Blender's free. It's hard. It's, a, it's difficult to use. Yeah, that UI is like you might as well be writing code it's while It's an you're, open source 3D modeling and animation program that you can get online. And it's free and open source. And I mean, everybody who wants it can take a look at it and use and, it. And, Bang their head against the wall for two hours when they can't figure out. Yeah, how you to, can't even make a shot. How to add Z depth to text? Like it's crazy. It's it's 
It's not a it's not a very user friendly program at all. But that's why that's why the good ones are expensive, like Cinema 4D and Maya. Now, when you talk about Cinema 4D, I've heard a lot of people say that it's it, it pales in comparison to Maya. What is your um, what are your thoughts on that? It's kind of it's a different application. It depends on what you want to do. Yeah, so, they all have their strengths and weaknesses. Cinema 4D is faster and easier to learn, and you can achieve results, but like better results in a shorter amount of time, but Maya is, I'd say, a little bit more advanced in a lot of ways, but it takes more time to get what you want. Well, let's talk about Autodesk Maya in terms of what they did with their new subscription rollout. I mean, I was pretty shocked because Maya used to be a uh, piece of software that was, like you know, 17,000. No, yeah. it was like 17,000 at one point. Well, let's, oh, really? let's talk about Let's talk about Adobe because I feel like they they're the ones we should discuss because they kind of pioneered this in, in animation. Like no one was doing it until they started leasing their apps. And I think that that it's like what we were talking about earlier. It's 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 it makes it so affordable to buy these programs that cost thousands of dollars otherwise. It's revolutionary. Like, Is it a but I mean it's really in their best interest because long term they're going to make a lot more money. It's not motivated by by just like, oh, we want everybody to be able but to everybody access wins. to our products. Like that's a great service, I think. And okay. they're, you, they're choosing to use, their software is no longer a product. It's and now you, a service that they provide. And you no longer have to pay for the next upgrade. You know, you're always going to be up to date. And I think a lot of, you know, probably the big reason why they switched because it was so expensive that everybody just started pirating it. And, you know, it's a lot easier to be like, yeah, hey, I'll pay 20 bucks a month and I won't have to worry about updates or the hassle with trying to find a crack that works or whatever. Right. Or the next time I update my system, it doesn't work anymore. So, because yeah, when I was a student, I could, I could never afford any of these programs. And the only way I could learn them was to either try to book time in a suite, which took forever at my school because they were, you know, we only had a few of them. And then, or you get them the old, the old fashioned way. You get them way. the old fashioned Arr. way when you're a student, and you find them <laughs> online. And Fine. Now with software as a service, that's pretty much gone. It's impossible. You I'm, can't do it anymore. I mean, I, I've been using Creative Cloud now. I was on CS6, and I've been using Creative Cloud now for two weeks for Photoshop. I can't stand it. I don't like. I don't like the Creative Cloud version. Why I do. Not? I I do like the the. Yeah, it's got more features and. and I don't know. They changed their design. Well, what is it? You have to say their design is, is. Their, <laughs> their, their user interface is a lot flatter now. Oh, is it? They did. They <clears throat> they flattened their design for After Effects and Photoshop. Well, they couldn't be that that's bothering you. I no. don't know. It might be. You think? I, mean, I don't know like, what's what is bothering it? Like, me it's about not it. the functionality, right? I, I'm not able to move as quickly as I, I was. The only thing I do like is how the ruler tools, like the hot pink, how all that works. I find that, you know, where you have the, it'll show yeah, you the yeah, space between the, the different objects. Mm -hmm. That's awesome. And I mean, that must be really awesome for you since you're so bad at spacing things. Look, you're sp <laughs> I like to look at something because not where the mathematical center of a of a of an asset is isn't necessarily where it looks like it's in the center. I try to do it by eye. That makes no sense. Look, if you've got nice. a logo that's balanced, it's, true. it's not equally balanced. If maybe the ah. right side is heavier than what's on mm -hmm. the left side, it okay. doesn't look right if it's dead center. You won this one. That's that, fine. That's true. I agree with that. You have to <laughs> compensate for the 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 gravity of the object or the that's weight right. of it. It's got weight on a yeah. certain side. So with, with animation moving towards flat design, and Brandon, you were a big proponent of flat design. I've liked flat design since before it was cool. You did like flat design before it was cool, but w what I want to know is, so w when these trends come down the pipeline, when like what's next? How do we know what is going to be the next trend in video animation? I think next is industrial, and it's sort of already 
there now. What like grungy? Like no, metal it's uh, it's a it's actually a blend of flat and skeuomorphism, and that's really more like what iOS eight point one is, and also um, the new Android lollipop is is industrial. They're calling it industrial. It's a, yeah, an industrial design, and it still uses a lot of the elements of flat design, but it's like they'll use slight drop shadows. Um, like if you look at the new Gmail, like all the new icons. If you look at it, it, it's a lot of it is that diagonal sh- shadow going across, but it's not it's not a soft shadow. It's a hard shadow that's going across. Like check out. I the, think I, you, uh, something I'd like to talk about with flat design. I think is that for the most part, clients, our clients, aren't really feeling flat design. I'm pushing it's, it it's because I like it, but. You think Clients that don't not? like it. No, it's they true. think no, it looks cheap. Yeah, some of them, oh, I could do that. Yeah, and really, exactly. flat design, to do it well, is actually more difficult a lot of times than doing them. It's a lot of, like, keyframe manipulation, and your motion is a lot of what you're sort of bringing to the table. And just finding a color palette that, work, that works, because the colors have to work well together. You can't just rely on the, the shading and the lighting. Oh, color to, palette's to a, to crazy. A, to, just to use Adobe cheap, Color, man. I've, I've noticed... I've noticed with our video animation clients in Atlanta specifically that they are really getting on board with flat design because, you know, when I went to the CDC with the flat design, when we were working with precision toxicology, mm-hmm. like everybody was really, really vibing on it's, it. It's hit or miss. It kind of depends on how hip your client is, I think. Like if they are up to date with things and they, they will probably like it. But if they're living in the 90s, like some clients are. They're going to go for the skeuomorphic. Yeah, I'm thinking of two particular logo designs that I did recently where my, my pitches, I had, I had flat 2D designs. And, they, and I always threw in an additional, like, you know, 90s 3D yeah, like video 3D toaster. 3D with one, a right? lens flare and, and a and vignette they, they, and, like, they, flickering. They always go for the, the, the real 3D one. Like, they, it's, it's, so I'm, I would say it's, like, one of those situations where maybe, uh, so critically... Critics, graphic critics, if there's such a thing, they're into flat design. <laughs> it's so but that hard. doesn't design, necessarily design mean. is so subjective because yeah, there are great looking, you know, well, 3D designs out there, and I think the the one I know which one you're talking about, Trey, and I think it looked good also. It's just, but some people would be like, oh, that's so old school. I hate that. How does design like affect it. animation? Right. So you know, design is one part. Then you have to make it move, which is the animation part. How does like going from um, you know, skeuomorphism to flat design to industrial. How does that affect your animation process? It's all I, the movement is all sort of the same, unless you're dealing in 3D where you can rotate the camera around. It with flat, you know, the camera has to basically just go left, right, up, down, in, out. You can yeah play with you know? Z space. But a you little. can't you can't you can't like rotate yeah, around you can't an object. Go around something so that now. affects you know with flat design, you're not you, you can't do a lot of rotating because the effect will break. You know, as it'll just kind of get like Paper Mario it turns to the side, he disappears. But why why wouldn't you be able to go into Z space on a flat design? I mean, you can. It doesn't you, it doesn't necessarily well, make it not flat. Well, Brandon has argued this I, point with me multiple I times. I, I mean, you pointed you out that that tampon commercial that you sent that you're like this is wonderful flat design has a big epic opening where it goes through, it moves into Z space towards yeah. all these women who are you, staggered in in Z space. There's a plane that moves into the background, but you, you touted it as being very flat design. I agree with you because it looks like, you know, it's all icons on little popsicle mm, sticks essentially. And there was there were no drop shadows. Or a vignette. There was there vignetting. Was, there, there was not a vignette on that. It was very a solid color. No, it was very, very subtle, but it was there. 
it was a vignette. Vignettes rule, and the fact that you think that like vignettes, vignettes make something flat or not makes me to question me, your vin- skill as a designer. A vignette is a negative attribute and a lens. Like, you don't want a lens to vignette, so why do you want your graphics to vignette? Because it smooths everything out, and it makes it seem like you're looking at something that was shot through a lens. A crappy it, lens. It doesn't matter. People <laughs> no, don't it, think that. Nobody no, it, thinks It can that. look good. It's a heavy vin- okay, what about a heavy vignette? Do you like a heavy vignette? It depends on the project. Yeah. But anyway, so Z space, it's you have to kind of be careful with how you go through Z space if you want to continue to look flat. Like it is true in that in that tampon commercial, they they went through it, but the elements weren't separated very far. I think it's the difference between the separation and the elements. Like you don't you don't want to travel like th- too far through Z space because then you're kind of getting into that awkward is this 3D or 2D element. So it would be sort of industrial then at that point. We're sort of mixing the two. Yeah, it's just you, you gotta you gotta pick a style and stick with it. Really, you can't just you know switch it up all the time. I, I think, I, otherwise you, your video will start looking '90s when they used to do like a different transition for between each scene. You got like the card wipe, and then you'll do the radial wipe, and then you'll do a star burst, and you know you gotta you can't be all over the place. You gotta pick and choose. Well, you don't like star bursts? Yeah, what's wrong with star wipes? <laughs> <laughs> they're they're awesome. So so the. In terms of the, the this next wave, is there a next wave of animation styles that you are seeing? It's hard to know. You know, it's hard to predict the future. It's it's hard to know what people's tastes will be because it is also subjective. Um, You're seeing a lot more mixing of animation mediums. Like you're starting to see mixes of practical animation with digital animation, and I think that's mm-hmm. probably sort of the direction that it'll go. You know, we're we're doing a project where we're using, you know, an artist who has created these sort of popsicle stick people that we're going to, you know, use and and actually act out and highlight and sort of bring it to life with digital effects. We did the same thing. You know, you see these scribe style videos everywhere. Right. Those Which are, are the, the whiteboard videos. The whiteboard videos. And those are, uh, you know, that's, a, that's another example of mixing these sort of artistic mediums with animation. So you've got, you know, somebody drawing something, but You've also got an animator coming in and speeding it up and timing it and animating little elements here and there and sort of adding little sparkles and this and that and whatever. And I think that we'll see more of that. Like, I think people respond well to that and they like this sort of, I don't know, it's all cyclical, you know, people people like seeing something that, you know, they haven't seen in a while. So like, you know, maybe stop motion animation. Maybe that's going to be the next like, thing. You know, on the, on, the new, uh, on the new Star Wars movies, they're using models and, and sort of using digital effects with physical models for all their space battles, which is amazing. And that's, again, another example of animation and graphics in, in a movie where they're using a mix of practical and digital effects and sort of making them work together. I kind of think of design as it's just another way to get your message across. And especially like when you look at the way videos evolved recently with just the more kind of insane oddball it is, and that's becoming mainstream you know, the, the really odd, trying to think. I, I mean, that GE, I love that GE commercial with Jeff Goldblum. Because it was, that was like totally oddball. But some of that stuff is being a lot more, becoming a lot more mainstream. Or, or like Hump Day, you know, the, the camel running, walking through the office. Hump Day. So <laughs> what does this have to do with animation? Well, so, so this is, what I'm getting to, my point is, is that yes, get to the that. message, it's all about getting the message across. So getting people's attention. So that kind of that kind of video was getting people's attention and it was getting the message across better and i think flat design is getting the message across better because it's like 
it's you strip down all the elements you don't need and you're just left with the basic. This is the message and it's clearer to people. So I think the future is whatever is the best way to get the message across, whether it's a blend of the video plus the design, I think that's what's going to win out. So as a, we are looking at the evolving world of animation um, and business, how is the access to software and more and more people knowing how to do it, how do you guys see that affecting the price and what we charge as a business for those services? Are we going – are you – Well, okay. I can speak to that. And anyone can learn how to keyframe something, all right? Anyone can learn how to move an object in After Effects um, or Maya or Cinema 4D. What a client pays for is they, they're paying for design, a designer's taste and what they, what they like. And a lot of times, you know, you could pay anyone to animate an infographic, but you pick a designer whose style you like. And they bring their own personal style to every animation that they do, and that's what people are paying for. You know, it's not just a, a person who operates the software. It's an artist who operates the software. That's you a gotta, good point. Yeah, you got to like that artist's style. Mm-hmm. And, and there are more and more artists entering the market because the barriers to entry are, are smaller. Then what, then what makes so a, I think an the artist price, better I, than the I, next? I think, well, I think the, to answer your other question, I think the price will probably continue to go down as, as it becomes easier to do and as there are more artists on the, on the market. We're in a unique position because it's not just... I mean, as well as with any art, it's it's not just artistic merit. It's also technical ability and technique. Right. So I think that just being a really good artist with a great vision, it doesn't do you any good if you can't, you don't have the technique and the technical know-how to get your vision into a video so it's or both. onto a screen. It's a mixture of It's definitely taste a mix of both. But you've got to have both. Right, yeah, it's taste and technique. Absolutely. That's a good way to put it. If yeah. you don't have good taste and you don't have good technique or you only got one or the other, you're in a bad position. And, you got to work. I think the third element that's crucial is communication. You know, you it used to be that you know you put a guy in the just a, a brilliant software guy who can't communicate with people. You hey, you're good at the computer. Go sit in this broom closet, and I'll communicate with the client. But I think people designers nowadays need to be able to communicate with the client and understand their needs. Otherwise, you know, the client's not going to want to work with you. And if you can't meet deadlines, if you can't, clients often can't tell you exactly what they want. So you have to sort of have like this sixth sense to be able to read their mind and make decisions on their behalf and present it to them and hope that they'll like it. And that's what makes a good designer, being able to do that. We should go on a tangent about this. It is incredibly hard to communicate of something visual, especially as an animator, like as all of us, like we're all visual storytellers. We all know, we all know how to describe, we can describe something to each other and we can all sort of see what the other person is talking about, or we can ask the right questions to get clarification. Clients do not have that. They're not, they're not equipped to sort of turn words into pictures as readily as we are. And, so they, don't, and they don't do it every day. I know. And it's they, not that they can't do it. They, they probably could, but they don't do it every day. Yeah, I mean, we're practiced at it. It's yeah. our, I mean, part of our job is, is trying to communicate something that you see in words to someone. So I think that that's a huge challenge. Something we face a lot is when do we need to draw the line at we need to board this one out. Right. This, this can't, we can't just write what we're going to do for this client. We need to present them boards so that they can really see 
what we mean by this. They're not getting it otherwise. It, it used to be that animation companies would have to board out everything. Yeah, yeah. And I, now nobody wants to pay for boarding. Yeah. You know, even though it's the only way that they can see it come to life. And and thankfully, I think what the situation we're in is we have enough of a portfolio where people can go and view ton of different mm-hmm. options and say, oh, I like what you guys did here. Try this. I think the hard part for us is when we decide, hey, we're going to try something new and mm-hmm. we're going to go down a new path. And you really have to get buy-in from the client. Mm-hmm. And I think that that's difficult. But I think, you know, earlier when we were talking about the Brandon saying that the price is going to drop, I think when more people enter into a marketplace, it doesn't necessarily mean that the price is going to drop. If Because if the talent is not there, then you have an influx of people who are doing a lot of bad work. That's and true. I think that that drives up the price. For the people who can do good work. Right. And who can communicate, too. Yeah, and we've had a lot of conversations with people about, you know, how why our prices are the way that they are because we're like an insurance policy that your price, your project's going to turn out great, Mm -hmm. you know, and it all comes back to that. Um, I don't know if you ever saw the, the video that's the guy from mule who the video is called fuck you pay me. And it's really about like, you're, you know, pay me because I do great work and we're going to turn around a great product on time. On on time. Mike Montiero. Yeah, Yeah. Yeah. Is that his name? Yeah. On, I, love I think that on guy. time is huge. There are so many designers and, and whatever business you're in, but you know the people. The, what separates the pros from the Joes is can you get it on done on time, right? And that's what we do. We we uh, I can't think of the last time we missed a deadline because we take it seriously. We'll stay here all night if yeah. we have to. We're not going to miss a yeah. deadline. And you won't find many animation companies, especially in Atlanta, that <laughs> follow that rule. Mm-hmm. They well, like, make it. They want to make an excuse, and there are no excuses. You. If you say you're going to do something, do it. You know, there's yeah. a lot of millennials out there. <laughs> that, it says the millennial. <laughs> we're giving us, I mean, they, that it's critical to build trust with clients. This goes back to what we are saying about boards, too. When we have a pre-existing relationship with a client, rarely do we need to board anything out for them anymore because they trust us. They know what we want to do and what we're trying to accomplish, and they, they let us go with it. They don't need to see it. They know we can do good work. And you said something earlier that I think is worth talking about, too. A lot of times... When we send clients an example of something we want to do that we ne- haven't necessarily done, a lot of times we end up sending them samples of things that we haven't done and being like, look, we found this. We think this is really cool. And we'll send clients, you know, style samples. We'll send them one or two or three things that are in our wheelhouse. We have samples of stuff we've done. But then we'll also include one other thing that we think looks really awesome. Right. And that we'd like to try. And that we'd be able to do. And that yeah. we would be able to do because that's, you know, we're passionate about doing this, so we want to try new stuff all the time. We we get bored all the time. Like we're sick of the scribe style videos. We do them all the time. Everybody Trey does has them a all theory the that that style died when Weird Al made his as video. As soon as Weird Al made that video that lampooned that sort of corporate, I sort agree. Of, that's yeah. it. It's yeah. over. It's entered the lexicon and it's done. You need to move on and find something. What's the next one that people are going to want to do all the time? So. While we're talking about like the scribe style video, let's talk about 2D animation for a second. So what is the difference for people who don't know who might be looking into getting into animation? What is the difference between 2D animation and 3D animation? Uh, You should watch the intro to South Park and compare it to the show South Park because the new South Park intro is fully 3D. That's cool. And the South Park show is 2D. They make it in a fancy 3D program, but it's like... Imagine 2D is like pictures on popsicle sticks. That's yeah. 2D, and you're moving them around. And then you turn them on their side, and they're the line segment. They turn into nothing. 
3D, if you have that same image and you, you look around the side of it, you'll see the side of it, not a line segment, but it actually turns. If it's a person, you see them from, you know, in profile. That's 3D. It exists in 3D. And so it's, it's when you introduce the technical definition is when you introduce the Z axis. Z axis. Yeah. 2D is X and Y axis, and 3D is X, Y, yeah, Z. Yeah, yeah. So, th- so if, if you, you have a camera, something. you can rotate around the object and see the object from 360 degrees. X, X is left and right, Y is up and down, Z is back and forth. And, and with 2D design, do you guys think that it's something that will, will there ever not be a need for 2D design? Will we be moving into a new dimension or will 2D design always be part of what we do as an animation It'll always company? be part. I mean, that's like asking if um, watercolors will ever be something we never see anymore well, think, in paint. It's just well, a watercolors t- are gross. Well, but regardless, was, but people are never going to stop using them. I think it was interesting. I almost thought that, that there wouldn't be a resurgence of 2D design. Like, you know, once Toy Story came out and, like, that became the type of three children's animation movie, everybody started doing those, and you, you don't have any more Lion King movies anymore. And then they kind of did Lilo and Stitch later on after that period. But, like, when that when Toy Story came out, I thought, oh, wow, this is, this is going to be the end of 2D animation in the sense we know, and it kind of was. But when I think when flat design became popular again, it kind of there's this resurgence of let's take it back to the basics and let's that and high waisted pants back at the same time. Who'd have thunk? <laughs> Lucky us. Maybe maybe that's why I don't mind the high waisted <laughs> pants like you guys do. You can open up any magazine and and flip through the advertisements and it'll give you a really like advertisements. I think are a really great litmus test of what's in right now. And if you flip through like Entertainment Weekly or Maxim or Cosmo or anything, what's a magazine? That's know, right. Yeah, yeah some magazines will tell you what's in right now. That's <laughs> but, it. But, that's uh, an oxymoron. Yeah. Well, I mean, like, I just like in terms of just design, like, leave the animation out of it, but flip through a magazine and look at the logos of the major, major brands that are out there, and you well, can get a real feel for what, what what what's going on in design right now and what's popular. So let's talk about 3D animation. So 3D animation, there seems to be an increase in demand, especially from our clients in the Atlanta area. What are people looking for in terms of 3D animation right now, and why is it so popular? I would say 3D animation is the next level of production value. If you can do it well, then if you can get people to think, holy cow, your your mascot looks like that duck looks like a real duck I wouldn't have known, or, or this this 3D character like moves realistically or fluidly, doesn't look cheap, then it's like, wow, your brand must be you know impressive you guys do things well or if you see the the flip side which is bad 3d animation it's it's worse than anything i think like, the, yeah. what, like what's the what's the commercial the the it's a car insurance commercial the guy the general go to the general and save <laughs> some time yeah. and the guy's yeah. like super stiff and you're like oh man that they, they must have crappy car insurance because their 3d animation is so bad so 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 would you say that brands are judged based on the quality of their 3d animation absolutely oh, i think so definitely once you enter the 3d realm you're taking that risk you either go all in or don't do it just stick with 2d yeah stick with 2d and keep it simple like 3d is just it's a whole big bag of worms yeah and it, you if you go with it you, you gotta you gotta make be sure willing you get a good artist and and to to pay the price because to get to that level i mean you're talking to render one frame 
of good CG animation with global illumination so it you know, matches the scene. I mean, it can take 20 minutes or more per frame just to, just to do a render. And, and then you, obviously you're not just doing one render, you're gonna have different drafts. And so you're, you're really getting into a different ballpark in terms of the amount of time that it takes. So with, with 3D animation, um, there are a lot of other things that come into play. You've got global illumination, you've got rigging, so, um, Brandon, explain what rigging is for people who might not know. Well, that's, that's when you have a wireframe of a character, um, like a skeletal structure, basically, and you have to do all the proportions and rig where the joints are going to be and where all the different moving points can be. In a complex rig, you've got to set have... the dependencies. You know, if, if the shoulder joint, for example, moves, you got to make sure that the elbow, the hand, the fingers all move, too. Mm-hmm. And there, each of those points of articulation is... That's a point that you can animate. It's it's like making a digital puppet. Exactly, yeah, a skeleton, and there are especially like if you have moving a moving mouth and moving eyes, or just the complexity of the rig, it, you know, that that's a huge job. It can to, get into a whole it. other world. And then you have you know the lighting, and then you have texturing. Mm-hmm. So talk about texturing. What, what what is the what can you do with texturing, and why is it so important? There are people who specialize just in texturing, and or just in scenes. rigging, or I mean, yeah, or just in character animation. So mm-hmm. I mean, like you can drill down and get really, really specific about what kind of an animator you need. We've worked with people who only really focus on creating textures for three D objects. And the lighting kind of goes hand in hand with that because your textures are really dependent on how the light bounces off of them. True. You know, how reflective they are. If they, you know, do they do they make a really high, you know, is there a really shiny bright point that is called specular? Like, is it not? Is it really soft and more diffused? Or do they have tessellation? Which is like the, it's like it doesn't, it doesn't actually have like bump mapping. Butt mapping? Bump, sorry, bump bump mapping. (laughs) Where... It looks. It's actually. It actually is a flat surface. It's a flat texture. But the way that the renderer tessellates it, it like, it looks like it's a um, tessellates. Yeah. Tessellates. It's like if you Can play you video use that games. In a sentence, please. Uh, if you play video games and say you're you're looking like a stone wall, like it looks like the stones have roundness to them and the crevices. They react it, it, to your your perspective yeah, posi- and, yeah, and, and the light. The light will bounce off in a certain way, but that's all an illusion, actually. I and mean, then if you get right up against the wall it's to where it's flat, you'll see that those stones are not actually protruding, and that saves polygons. That saves render time in a video or in a video game. I just looked up what tessellation means. What is it? A tessellation of a flat surface is the tiling of a plane using one or more geometric shapes called tiles, with no overlaps and no gaps. In mathematics, tessellations can be generalized to higher dimensions. Interesting. Yeah, it's all flat, but it does play, the light plays off it as if it wasn't flat. And so it's a, it's an optical illusion. It's a trick to, to save on render time, but still get realistic looking results. That's crazy. Mm-hmm. You know, for, for maybe some of the younger people who are listening, um, how did you guys get into animation? I used to do flip books when I was a kid on paper, just flipping through, and all of mine were, uh, I would draw them in pencil, and then I would do the blood in red pastel. They were all violent. It was, you know, like a guy, 
I, I used to, my, one of the favorite ones I used to do is I just, it was because you want to keep the background simple because you always draw the same background over and over, but it'd just be a big long spike and then different people would land on the spike in sequence and they would land in different ways and their bodies would contort in different ways and the blood would spray out. So that's where my background is. <laughs> so very, very flat design. Like totally flat. So yeah, my flat background design. is it's murdering people on paper, um, yeah, basically. Be- Don't worry about it. I first got into this. I, my parents gave me a video camera when I was young. I had a, they, like a, a camera that they never used, and I would do stop-motion claymations. I called them Treymations. Oh, nice. Because his I, name's Trey. That's right. right. <laughs> I did a whole se- Me and a friend of mine, did. we did a whole series of animation. And he's actually a graphic designer now, too, graphic designer director. He works up in uh, Philadelphia. He and I made a whole series of animations. Who's called, better? Probably you, because you're in Atlanta, and not yeah. I've, I, I've been doing a lot more um, than he has recently. He's a really talented guy, though. He does a really good. Job. He actually turned me on to Adobe Cooler, which I didn't know anything about. Oh, nice. Um, but we made a whole series called The Box, where it was just a clay box, and all these different things would come out and sort of like move away. So like a guy would come out and walk away, or like a snake would come out, and it's just all this stuff comes out of the box. Very rudimentary stuff. So it would be on a tripod, and you just hit record for one second, and yeah, then just turn like, it boop, off? Boop, 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 and like you could hear us talking in certain frames, it like, because this bop. was on VHS, so, and this camera, I mean, like, all right, th- this was a camera that had a separate like basically you wore a VCR on on a strap over your shoulder okay mm-hmm. and there was a cord that went from that VCR up into the camera and then you held the camera and it was really just like the chip and a lens That's so and awesome. like the handle and so that was on the tripod and we would just click click really yeah, quick start, stop. and and that's how that's how I got into that animation I did a claymation where it was two guys fighting and like the guy ripped off the other guy's head <laughs> Mine was always oh, We had all sorts People of violent must... stuff like that. Okay. Too. What is it with boys and violence? Yeah, I, I don't, don't know. know. It's just so entertaining. No, I, I hate my, it. My it's son like... is currently hitting himself, and apparently this is very normal. But he hits himself like hard, like in the face, with toys, with everything. He doesn't cry or get upset. Some people get paid to do that. Really? <laughs> How much? I don't know. Could I get paid for him to do that? <laughs> I mean, because c- I'm his agent. Yeah, you're his agent. So, yeah. um, Last thing, what do you think it takes to be a great animation company? Because everybody's trying to start little companies. Mm-hmm. Taste, technique, and communication. We'll stick with what we said earlier because I think that's killer. It's, it's taste, technique, and communication, and it's like a three-way. They all got to work together. Well, I want to thank you guys. I for... think I would like to add a team. No, to you're, too. no you can't add. It's too Taste, weird. technique, team, and Ooh. communication. Taste, technique, Team communication. That's what makes a great animation company. Yeah, it takes yeah, a, it I takes like a team. team. Like you can't you can't do this stuff alone. I should make a book. I know that. Yeah, the last T. Like, is there a synonym for communication that starts with T? Talking. 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 There we go. Taste, Taste technique, technique, team, and talking. Talking team. <laughs> All yeah. right. So, if anybody is looking for a great team with great taste that's good at talking and really great with technique we talk good <laughs> contact dcg productions trey gregory brandon peterson thank you for your time today make sure you keep up with us at www.ecgprod.com you can check out our blog at ecgprod.com forward slash you can check out our blog at www.ecgprod.com forward slash blog this has been the naked unicorn podcast i'm jason sroten we'll see you next time I'm so naked. ECG Productions.
Concept to completion. In style. <laughs>